Hi guys, this is episode 23 of The Beauty of Ugly. My name is Sim Tong and let's talk about some stuff. I'm not looking forward to if there is another full-on MCO, if we go back into full MCO mode, like our health VG say we might. I'm not looking forward to that. Um, although, like I said before, it was very exciting when it happened in March. I think uh, if it if we go back into full-on MCO mode where you can only leave the house if you need to go and buy groceries or you need to do your banking or if you need to do something important. Yeah, and then like restaurants are all closed for sit-in customers again. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to look forward to that. I don't think that will be fun because it's, it's not going to feel the same as before, right? Um yeah, I, I do feel a little bit MCO'd out. Or maybe I'm just tired and uh, bummed out by my my wonky ankle. My my ankle still, it's getting better, you know. This week is a bit better than last week. Uh, still, it's not perfect. And I wish it was. I wish it was back to 100%. Yeah. So that got me thinking, right? I was thinking about like um this feeling of like, just being tired of the pandemic and just being tired of this whole uh, COVID situation. And I was wondering, like we always watch those post-apocalyptic uh, movies, like the zombie movies, right? We always watch the zombie movies and then we see that people are, like they, they are just so, trying to survive in those movies, but they never really talk so much about how those people feel, whether they're bummed out by like, that or maybe those people who are bummed out uh didn't survive you <laughs> maybe you gotta keep a positive outlook and then the, by the time the movie starts right or the story in the movie by the time that starts maybe all those people uh already turned into zombies already yeah so yeah i i did think about that like um maybe if like if i were to write or if someone were to write a book or movie about another zombie apocalypse maybe now they would have some insights and they would have some new ideas because of this whole pandemic situation yeah just an interesting thought i thought like um remember in that movie uh, zombie land uh, where jesse eisenberg in the beginning of the movie he was a real survivor he actually had like rules like he had all this like survival um, guidelines that he kind of um, made himself do. It's, it's basically he was like a stickler for rules and he always kind of like hung on to those rules and that's how he survived, right? And I was thinking like, maybe that's what you need to survive in in an apocalyptic world because like, like just looking at myself, it's like in the beginning of MCU, I was like, yeah, okay, uh, we're in survival situation now. You know, I was you know full of adrenaline i was like okay we gotta we just went to the front door we come back we gotta wash our hands you know um and then we were washing our hands and then i kind of caught myself like um recently i was like reminding myself to wash my hands and then i was like okay how come i have to remind myself to wash my hands now does that mean i didn't wash my hands yesterday that's a possibility right because i am having to think about it now Back then, it was just on my mind all the time, you know. I I, I didn't have to remind myself because it, it was just on my mind all, all the time, you know. So now I actually have to think about, like, being more conscious about things like that. And I was wondering, like, 
is that maybe that's how like people will get killed in a real zombie apocalypse is that they just get sloppy they just like after three months of the of surviving zombies they just start leaving the house without their baseball bat basically you know and then uh and then they get killed so uh maybe maybe from now on if we watch future zombie movies uh maybe that's what would happen right but then that would take some explaining and it's not the most uh compelling visual someone just um forgetting to bring his gun or something like that uh anyway just just a thought just an idea hi Rishad. hi jimmy earl hi and umar hello uh and iman's here too double tap yeah uh i think i get what you mean there has there been a recent indication of a full mco anytime soon though uh no indication except i think seeming was telling me i think it was today the the new infections are up to 20 which it's not surprising considering like uh there was this one super cluster in Kedah, right and then because of uh poor contact tracing because the Basically, the Nasi Kanda place, I think they didn't take records. So we couldn't even, um, the ministry wasn't even able to find the people who might have been infected. So now it's just a waiting game, right? We're just waiting for people to turn up sick. So the numbers are going to show up, uh, like if if not this week, then next week, I guess, or the week after that. Okay, Richard says, a zombie apocalypse would be hilarious to watch if Trump is still president. <laughs> oh man, fake news, fake news. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that would be an interesting movie. There's a group of people who are fighting the zombies and then another group of people who are having zombie parties, right? Trying to get infected by zombies. Yeah, hey, yeah, you know, we'll be immune. Oh, okay. Ayman says... I think 25 or so new cases. Wow, that's okay. I think because uh, Seeming was reading yesterday's numbers, maybe. Yeah, this morning. Hmm, okay. 25 or so new cases. Wow. Uh, okay, we'll just, we'll just hang in there and see what happens. Uh, tomorrow's Monday, right? So there might be an announcement tomorrow. We don't know. Hmm. Um, quite a few places have gone back into um have gone back into lockdown or quarantine whatever you want to call it it's not quarantine it's it's lockdown right because quarantine is when one person uh is under quarantine yeah i think new zealand and then uh melbourne went back in uh quite a few places what else the, the vietnam vietnam was the surprising one where they were doing really well and then they opened up and then all of a sudden they were worse than they'd ever been before because they they were taking it super seriously right from the beginning and i guess after some time they just opened up and uh, maybe they weren't as serious as they were before that so yeah i was talking about that right i was talking about how jesse eisenberg in zombie line he had all these rules and i think maybe that's what you need right because as much as i always question rules and i always say like um you know people just blindly follow dogma right i mean that's what i always say but at the same time i do see like 
even with the washing hands thing, I'm getting sloppy. So I could benefit from some rules as well. If it's just like a rule, everybody does it, nobody questions it. You can't, you, uh, you don't even, it doesn't even cross your mind to question it, right? Um, then it wouldn't be a problem, right? You, you just you just be washing your hands all the time. You're just like, okay, come in through the door, wash your hands. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think I have been uh, every time I came back in through the door recently. Yeah. Uh, and I think not just me, but I've had to remind my son and my wife as well. So I think all three of us. So I don't know what I, you know, how about the rest of you guys? Have you guys uh, experienced that as well? Have you guys caught yourself getting sloppy as well? Yeah. Rules are good. Rules are good. Follow the rules. Um, except for when they're bad, then um, then fuck the rules. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, what else happened this week? Tuesday, I did. Uh, I continued the open mic thing, the online open mic that I run, and I did a set and I uh, got Nuha to host, and it was a fun one. Uh, who else was on it? I think uh, Brandon was on it. Jeps was on it. Shaq was on it. And uh, Esther and then me. Yeah. So got Esther to close the show. I, yeah, we all did well. Esther did very well. Um, I did okay. I, Although um, my wife gave me this feedback from one of her friends who came to watch. And she enjoyed everything up to the point where I did uh, a joke about how I don't trust my kids with a Catholic priest. From that point onwards, she just hated my set. So, uh, so something to consider. Like normally, if it's just one case, I would just like um, not take it too seriously. Uh, and generally, usually, if I tell my friends who are comedians, they would be like, "Ah, people get offended all the time. You can't please everyone." Yeah, don't worry about it. And usually comics kind of band together against political correctness, I guess. Um, but in this case, I I do take I guess I do take feedback seriously because I, I do think of it as like if I'm uh okay, I think of it as in if I'm funny enough, usually I can get away with almost anything. And usually when someone comes to me and they say that mm, they found something offensive. What I hear from that is that I wasn't funny enough. And in this case, I think I wasn't because I that's a joke that, that's a bit that I kind of stuck in there when I was uh, when I was writing this bit like eight years ago. And I think I'm a better writer than that now. And I think it's time to take that joke out and replace it with something better. Uh, so that's how I look at that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't done it yet. So um, still, there's a lot in comedy that I need to look at and a lot that I need to do. Uh, I need to pay a lot more attention to my comedy. And uh, realize that to do that, actually, I have to perform more, actually, because, uh, oh yeah, I performed over the weekend, uh, or at least on Friday night. Uh, I got a call from Andrew Neto. He needed an opener. And uh, so I opened for him. And it was fun. It was a fun show. Um, Kieran was the host, and then the opener was me. So uh, I did quite a few jokes, a bit longer than we are usually asked to do. 
um, was a fun show. Everybody, everybody got laughs. Everybody, the crowd was great. Everybody had fun. Uh, Andrew did a lot of new jokes. I, in fact, I don't think I've heard any of those jokes that he did that night. And I have to say, Andrew Neto um, is getting better every time I see him. Um, years ago, I think his jokes were pretty generic. And now uh, it's got some mastery to it. Yeah, so I, I I got to watch a great show and I got to perform in it as well. So that was fun. And then after performing, I was thinking about a lot of my jokes. I think that's how I work. I have to perform and then I would think about my jokes a lot more than uh, if I were just not performing them and waiting for the next performance uh, months from now uh, and then force myself to think about my jokes. It doesn't work as well. Yeah. Okay, so let's have a look at some of these comments. Uh, Rishad says, Oh, damn, 18 out of 25 today are in KL and Selangor. I automatically assume it would have been Kedah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe the this isn't even the Kedah one yet. Or maybe those people came to, came to Selangor. Or some of those infected people are these people. Could be. Uh, and then uh, some of them have not really been reported or shown yet, or they haven't shown symptoms yet. It's hard to say. Or maybe they will start showing next week, right? Yeah, that's that's a bit of a worry, actually. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, probably they will only start showing next week, right? Yeah, it's possible. Because it's been about a week. And then in another week, it's gonna be it's gonna be showing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Earl, who's in California, he was in the U.S. He says twenty rookies. <laughs> okay, Jimmy. Uh, I don't think you want to win this contest. Uh, we thought it was a sprint. We had no idea it was a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking about MCO, right? I actually watched back, um, I think I've mentioned this before as well. I actually watched back um, the first time I actually appeared on a stream, which wasn't my stream. I hadn't learned how to set up a live stream yet. I was on uh, Kiran and Brian's stream. Kiran, Brian, and Prakash at that time. I was on their live stream. They were like, do you think there'll be an extension? Because at that time, it was two weeks, remember? The original MCO was supposed to be two weeks. And we were saying things like, yeah, I think it's possible that it might get extended to the third week, like extended by one week to the third week, and then it'll be three weeks in total. <laughs> oh, man. Three weeks. And uh, now... Uh, has it been five months yet? I don't even know. I think I have to ask Juliana. She, she's very good with uh, keeping count. I think it's been five months, right? Yeah. Ayman Asri says, you finally did a set on your own show that you designed so you could do sets. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was the whole point of uh, my weekly online show. And uh, it's for us to do longer sets. And because I kept ask I kept getting uh asked like uh or I kept hearing people saying like oh if only there was an open mic where we were allowed to do like seven minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes, twelve minutes. 
And I was like, okay, just now that we are doing online shows and we know how to do them, uh, yeah, just keep doing them. And uh, everybody does 15 minutes. <laughs> Although I think 15 minutes seem a bit long for some uh, some other people I asked, they're like, really, 15 minutes? Can I just do 10? And I'm like, you can if you want to. Uh, some people ask for five. And um, so, yeah, I I guess I need more variety in the number of minutes. And I have been giving more, I have been uh, allowing people to do shorter sets. So I guess that's the variety. I The show is just so casual. I mean, like people come and watch and people go. It's not like, Nobody's paying any money. Nobody's like reserving a seat. Uh, there are no tickets. Uh, it's a live stream, right? So people come in. They don't like what they see. They leave. Uh, if they really don't like what they see, they complain to my wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, but basically it's, yeah. If it if the show is an hour and a half, it's fine. If the show is just 45 minutes long, it's fine too, you know. Nobody's going to really complain that they didn't get your money's worth or anything. They'll just come back next week for, uh, and then and then what they what they get is what they get, right? So yeah, it's it's a really easy show to do that way. Uh, there's no quality, there's no control, as uh, my friend uh, Stephen Bones would say. Uh, sorry, I'm late. Says Pat Fern I was having a chat with Lewis Hamilton about his race strategy for his Spanish GP. Oh, okay. So what is the strategy, Pat Fern? Oh, Pat Fern asks. Siming is the complaints department. Okay, Siming is uh, that for that priest one, yes, because uh, I think she shared my link and because she shared my link uh, and she has a ton of friends. Basically, Siming cannot add any more friends on Facebook because there's a limit, which is 5,000 friends and she already has 5,000 friends and it's been that way for years. So one of her 5,000 friends uh, went online and saw it and then it's like, I don't like what I saw. I don't like what I heard. So complain to her and then uh, I got the feedback. Fair enough that like, I like feedback. Um, makes me improve, right? Yeah. I remember, I actually remember um, like normally people complain about like, oh, you know, people are re restricting our, our art, you know. And then uh, actually this um, Louis C.K. was actually Louis C.K. And she, Probably I should pick better examples nowadays, but um, okay, it was Louis C.K., so I'm not going to change it. <laughs> um, he did say that um, he got censored by a TV, uh, TV station once because they wanted him to reword a joke. And he was grateful for it because uh, being censored and being forced to think about how to um, make the joke more palatable to more acceptable, I guess, to everyone, uh, improve the joke, you know. The joke was funnier and more uh, uh, easy to follow, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. So I, I kind of look at it, try to look at it the same way as well. Not, not just kind of say, like, uh, these people are too politically correct and this is what's killing my art all the time. If I, yeah, I mean... I can hide behind that shield and then I feel like if I do that, then I would miss opportunities to improve as well. Yeah. Okay, Stephen Bones, is, which is a rarity because uh, he's a very busy man and he says, ha 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 ha, I swear every time I tune into one of your live streams, my name 
gets mentioned, lol. Yes, uh, your name gets mentioned on my live stream basically all the time, <laughs> especially on my podcast because uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but every Sunday I have to mention your name. <laughs> Stephen Bones is the Stephen Bones Whisperer, <laughs> says Iman. <laughs> okay, this is Pat Fren Gipunto's, uh, um strategy advice for Lewis Hamilton. Lewis, you get out there, get in front at the start, and you fucking stay there to the end. Understand? <laughs> yeah, that that is that is a great strategy, man. Uh, I I don't think that strategy can be beat. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's the best strategy, really. Uh, <laughs> stay in front. Um. What what is the drawback to staying in front? I guess the only drawback is I don't know if it applies to Formula One cars because they're so slick, right? But uh, I guess uh, staying in front, you you are the one who is fighting all the wind resistance, right? And then the cars can kind of draft behind you. I don't know if that's the thing in Formula One. Probably not, right? Because those cars are like designed like an arrow. Maybe it's true. I don't know. Maybe it works. Yeah. So uh, the Catholic priest joke thing. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna change that joke because I I never really. Even when I put it in, it got a laugh and I kept it in there and I never really felt like it was a great line. Yeah, it was just something. It was just another throwaway punchline that was kind of like ah, if it gets a laugh, it's another laugh. If it doesn't get a laugh, um, yeah. And uh, if I can replace it with something else, it'll be, it'll be awesome. If not, I think it's fine to even just take it out. In fact, um, the other night, I actually tried it without that line, and um, the, the bit still works. Um, just missing one extra chuckle, that's all. Um, basically, my whole, uh, my whole thing is half the time when I'm on stage, I'm just trying to prove that I'm not trying to be a dick. Because sometimes it seems like I am, you know. Because sometimes I like when I do the joke about how, uh, on the inside, you know, I'm very negative, and then like uh, these are my thoughts, and then of, of course I exaggerate all the words, right? And then I was complaining about the Spartan race, and I like, look at all these idiots, look at all these CrossFit assholes. I hope they all die, and I say things like that, but it's just an exaggeration. I don't, I don't wish anybody any, you know any harm on anybody but uh it's just something that i say when i'm on stage and uh i'm just trying to reconcile the two trying to make my comedy still funny but not as mean and a little bit closer to who who i am and what i am so yeah um some of the things that i wrote earlier in earlier years i have to kind of take a look at them again and uh and uh, kind of rewrite them now. And I did talk about how uh, um, trying to be a better person might be hurting my comedy in some ways because I, yeah, I'm trying to be more positive. I'm trying to uh, um, look on the bright side of things uh, all the time now. And I I don't know if that's good for comedy because uh, in comedy, I'm just like... Um, this is bullshit. That is bullshit. And that's always been my my brand in comedy, you know. Uh, and 
yeah, I don't know how to reconcile this too, but I have to figure out a way, I guess. Yeah. Slowly, one punchline at a time, one joke at a time, one punchline at a time, one one word at a time even. Um, yeah, just, just kind of make everything a little bit less of a bummer for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, yeah. So I was talking about this earlier, but uh, I think the first few minutes, I don't know if I talked about this already because the first few minutes when I came on, uh, I had the wrong setting on StreamYard and it was picking up basically a wrong microphone. I don't, even, I don't even know if that's possible because this is the only thing that's plugged in, but it's picking up the wrong uh, thing. And then uh, I was just talking in silence. People just kept coming in and leaving until, and nobody said anything until Richard told me like, uh, Sim, your, your audio is not on. And so for the first few minutes, I was talking and uh, I think I talked about this, but I'm going to have to talk about it again so that yeah, I can record it for the podcast. So on Wednesday, my my son had some activity in Tamantugu. So we went there. Um, the place was, I think, close to the like the section that the kids went in, that was close to the public, but the, the main walk, uh, you can still walk around the place. Um, so yeah, they had some activities there and it was a kids thing. So I got to hang, uh, me and my wife went and we got to hang out with uh, the other mums. Yeah, so I, I got to hang out with a lot of mums and uh, I mean, I, I've known them for years because our kids all play together. And so one of the mums <laughs> was carrying me with like stories about how her husband uh, had uh, an ankle injury or foot injury. I think, yeah, a foot injury. Uh, and for those of you who, who needs to be filled in, I, I sprained my ankle uh, while I was in Penang. Uh, while I was uh, rock climbing indoors, so I didn't get it checked out by a by a doctor, and it's been over a week now. So yeah, almost two weeks now. Yeah, by Tuesday it'll be two weeks. So um, yeah, so one of the one of our friends was trying to scare me with a story about how her husband um, messed up her his foot, and at first it, it wasn't in pain or anything, and then uh, but he was walking with a limp. And then uh, walking with a limp led to like all kinds of like, and then he didn't realize how long it was. And then it was prolonged. And then he was walking with a limp for like months. And then from there, he developed all kinds of hip problems and other problems and then health. And then like uh, it led to health problems. And finally, he got like a doctor or chiropractor or something. Uh, and then that slowly now with a lot of, um uh physiotherapy and training and it's really draining on him uh but slowly he's getting better all the time but it really what was seemed like just um a small uh problem a small uh health issue a small injury uh turned out to be a really long lasting one that really affected 
his lifestyle and his health. And so uh, basically she was trying to scare me into going to see either a chiropractor or um, Chinese sensei, you know, the Tita sensei who um, massages you back to uh, health. Uh, basically a Chinese chiropractor. Uh, or an osteopath. An osteopath is, uh, I don't know how to explain an osteopath really. It's it's like it's like a chiropractor, but it's kind of a little bit more airy-fairy. Um, and I've been to one because my, my wife really believes in osteopaths. So, um, yeah, she believes that it, they help through like realigning your bones, help you um, get rid of uh, all kinds of issues with your health because a lot of your health issues, according to osteopathy, is also linked to your posture, your, you know, your bones and your joints and your things like that. And in a way, it does make sense. Uh, Although when I went to the osteopath, because I had a backache last time, this was years ago, this was probably more than 10 years ago. Could it could have been 10? No, not, not 10 years ago. Maybe my son was already born, so maybe... I don't know, seven years ago? Man, okay. So anyway, many years ago, I went to one and uh, didn't seem to do much. He just kind of like feels around and is, and then he does like a little gentle push here and there and like realigns. Not like I was expecting like an experience like, um, you know, the, the Chinese sensei, the Chinese um, chiropractor, he would, they would just basically, you know, do the do the Mel Gibson on you, right? Do the lethal weapon on you, and just um, whatever's um, kind of like you know in those movies when the hero has a uh, dislocated shoulder and he he bangs him back into place so that he can continue fighting. I I was kind of expecting something like that, but it was more like just a little nudge here, a little push here, and I didn't really feel like it was doing anything. Um, but the good thing was it was because it was so gentle, it wasn't painful. And all the osteopaths, um, all um are they called osteopaths? Yeah, I guess they are called osteopaths. The 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 practice is osteopathy, right? And the practitioner is an osteopath. Yeah, osteopath. Sounds kinda like a condition or yeah. <laughs> like a psychopath. Uh-huh. Anyway, the osteopath, he, um, I can see why, like, they are very popular among all the mums because uh, the two osteopaths who were working in the in that clinic, maybe, is that what it's called? A clinic? Yeah, I guess. I'm calling it a clinic for now. Um, they are both, like, these gorgeous athletic, European young men. One was his name was he was a French guy called Nicholas, and then uh, the other one was another French Italian guy called I don't remember his name, but he had 
he had a he had a, had a European name. Let's, uh, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but could have been anything. Could have been Pasquale or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, these are the men who are working there, and uh, yeah, Brandon, you would love osteopathy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. I don't know why I picked on you, but um, I think you would. <laughs> yes, gorgeous man. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, maybe I should have another swing at osteo, going to an osteopath and see if it fixes me. And then if not, maybe go to a chiropractor or a bone specialist. Uh, what's a bone specialist already? Ortho, not an orthodontist, ortho... Orthopedic? Yeah, orthopedic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm looking at the comments here. And... Uh, okay, this is about the Formula One. Pat Friend says, Not really. The only thing you're fighting when you're in front, you're fighting yourself and maybe boredom. Ah, okay. So you don't have... You don't feel the 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 pressure that's driving like, oh shit, this guy's behind me. I better drive faster. You don't feel that pressure. So you can get a little bit slack and drive a little bit slower, right? So I I, I do understand that. Yeah. Even from a motivational, not not purely racing, but from like um motivational um point of view, maybe that's true. Um interesting fact is um when Harith Iskandar was uh I'm gonna bring it back to comedy. When Harith was uh, the only comedian, basically, it, it was with stand up. There was only Harith, and then um, uh, I guess Joanne was doing her her kind of cabaret shows, which at that time wasn't similar to stand up. It was very different. Um, jokes were part of it, but only part of it. There was also like singing and. Yeah, it was a whole performance thing. So, um, yeah, people wouldn't like. People would call it a show, but they they sometimes wouldn't call it comedy. I guess, yeah. Um, not to say it wasn't comedy, but like at that time, people didn't think of calling it comedy. Yeah. Um, so it was Harith, and I guess the people from the actor studios. Some of them started doing sketches. Um, and I think Jit Murat also did stand-up. Um, basically, it was Harith and Jit. I think that was it. And, and at some point, Jit kind of quit unofficially. And, and I know that a few years ago, he officially quit. He did his last show, last stand-up uh, show ever. And after that, he was going to quit. But for a few years before that, for like seven or eight years before that, he didn't do any stand-up shows. So basically, unofficially, he had already quit stand-up. Um, so it was just Harith. And then I think... Uh, I think Douglas came along and Harith took him under his wing because he, he was like... I guess he was just bored, you know? He was like, well, there's no one doing this. I'm the only one. I don't even have anybody to talk to about stand-up. So when he when he saw that Douglas, I was like, oh, that's this other guy doing it now. Um, 
And actually, Douglas, actually, there was a bunch of people doing it as well before Douglas, but I don't know. They they just never connected so so well, I guess. But um, Harith took Douglas under him, and basically, he he mentioned this in interviews before. He said that having Douglas uh, really like uh, gave him the motivation to uh, really improve as well, because he he could see how uh, driven Douglas was, right? Yeah. So yeah, I I do understand that having uh, another driver behind you can spur you on. It's like, oh, I better drive faster. Yeah. It's a, it's a good thing. Okay, Andrew Kitt says, you should keep the Catholic priest joke. If you want to replace, maybe you can put Michael Jackson or his ghost, maybe. Actually, I did do that. I did put in like Kevin Spacey and Michael Jackson. Kevin Spacey is not... It's um Kevin Spacey is a good fit in the sense that everybody hates him now. Um, yeah. But uh, Kevin Spacey is not a good fit in that he was more it was more sexual harassment rather than pedophilia um although i think one or two of his victims were really young um yeah so uh but michael jackson was kind of iffy in the sense that some people really like michael jackson um and i i admire michael jackson you know um his work is awesome uh but yeah it's kind of open to debate whether he did or didn't do anything to children. There was that documentary that was very negative about him, but I didn't watch it. But from people who have watched it, they said, this documentary is so sensational. They just taking too many liberties, you know, uh, and trying to present it as fact. Just um, spec too speculative, yeah. Um. So, yeah. I what I do admire about Michael Jackson, this one thing that um if you go on YouTube, I think you can find it. There's a video about the first time Michael Jackson ever did the moonwalk. Uh was I forgot which which um concert it was. It was it wasn't his own concert. It was uh it was like a gala show or something. He came on and he was singing Billie Jean. And nobody he didn't tell anybody his like whole team didn't know about it he was the only one who seemingly it seemed like he was the only one who knew that he was gonna do the moonwalk and he did it and the world just went crazy everybody who watched it had no idea what they were watching they're like how the hell is he doing that like what is he doing and he just blew everybody's mind you know and um and when i think about that like that that is like the ultimate right like um and sometimes i feel like uh, when i'm writing a new joke and i feel like oh man this this is so weird um this is this is going to be this is going to be either nothing or it's going to be something and then the first time i perform it and i hear people laughing i I do get that thrill a little bit. I'm not like I'm Michael Jackson, you know. I'm not like not like I'm doing the moonwalk, but I, I do feel I do understand. Like, oh, okay, this thing didn't exist until this moment, and now it does, and people are watching it for the first time. Like these people watching this joke being performed for the first time, these are the people 
who were watching the birth of something that didn't exist before. Kind of like that. And uh, that, to me, is the excitement of uh, stand-up comedy. Um, or performing, in in fact. Or writing something that you can perform for a first time. Yeah. <laughs> How did I get here? Okay, let's go to more comments. Um, Michael Jackson, yeah. Stephen Bone says, Andrew Kidd, to be fair, I'm not sure which has more fans, Catholicism or Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Both are very popular, I guess. Both have lots of followers. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Richard says, Aya Sim, considering how our population showed its true colors during this lockdown, being a dick on stage is nothing anymore, lah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that I'm worried so much, uh, yeah, about whether I fit in or don't fit in. It's more like, um, well, if I'm not a dick and I'm trying, I'm not trying to be, why do I present myself as one, right? Why do I have to fight that battle? You know what I mean? So might as well find a way of doing comedy where, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, why do I need to pretend to be a dick and then, and then fight that battle with the audience and then, pre and then explain to them that this is okay. Yeah. Why not just be myself? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why my comedy is so negative as well. I I think maybe maybe I was that guy, you know. Uh, and I am a little bit. I I do have negative thoughts and they are funny and entertaining. But uh yeah, I I got to find words where I'm like I think there is like I always I think the the thing with um writing is People think about creativity as like something that's like a talent, like somebody is uh, talented and then they can come up with something because they are they're skilled or they're talented or they're experienced. Uh, I think there is also um, belief. I think if you believe that it's possible to find the words to express anything, um, that is a big advantage. I mean, that, that really helps to, yeah, because if you don't believe it, then, uh, then yeah, you, you already kind of lost the battle from the beginning, right? Yeah. Why is everything a battle? <laughs> I'm using the right words here. I think uh, there's gotta be better words out there. I believe, um, yeah, so basically, I, I do believe there are better words that I can use to to replace the ones that I have now and still improve my jokes and make them, uh, make them funnier for, I won't say for everyone, but uh, funnier to me. And at the same time, maybe a bit more um, closer to who I am, which is just some guy who's, not really trying to piss everybody off. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not a. I'm not a 
grumpiest comedian in KL or grumpiest Chinese comedian in KL. I, I'm not fighting for that title, you know. Uh, our population. Yes, I, I did read that cor uh, correctly. Don't worry, Richard. Uh, Sim, M-I-L-F, Hound, Milf, Hound, Tong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? Um, my son's first day of school when we were sending him to school and then I was meeting all the, all the other mums and parents, right? And so uh, I think me and my wife had a very different uh, understanding of what MILF is. And I think my wife had the more accurate, the more widely accepted uh, definition of MILF, which is mums I'd like to fuck, right? I always never knew what MILF meant, except uh, the only time I heard MILF was in the American Pie movies. And uh, I always thought like MILF was just a hot mum, right? So I kind of posted on Facebook that uh, uh, my son's friends' mums are all MILFs. So I just I was just thinking like, oh, they're all hot mums was what I was saying on Facebook. And uh, wow, the backlash was, <laughs> uh, it's its a miracle we're still married. Yeah. Like all her friends were like, you know, um, stoking the fire. And they're like, they're like, do you need us to, you know, come around with pitchforks? And uh, she, she wasn't pleased as well, but she, yeah. In the end, like we had a long discussion about what MILF was and uh, I've, I lost that argument like I was like yeah you're right and we <laughs> I don't even remember what we did uh, we we probably did go on the internet too <laughs> or, or she I think she was like very insistent that her definition was true and I was just trying to weasel my way out of it uh, so and then in the end I think I did google I'm like oh my god you're right <laughs> what an idiot yeah. Um, Andrew Kitt says, or maybe replace the Catholic priest with Stephen Bones. In their minds, they'll think it's a boner and start to Google, see who is this Stephen Bones fella. Uh, yeah, I don't think I need to do any more advertising for Stephen Bones. <laughs> nah, just, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Brandon Go says, time. Don't know what that's in reference to. But uh, maybe we'll figure it out later. Andrew Kitt says, one osteo, all French practitioners. That's the one. They used to be in uh, Plaza Damas. And I think now they either moved or they have a branch exactly where the original one mic stand is. Uh, so for those of you like Ayman, you would know this. Um, one mic stand used to be in PJLA Cabaret, which is this small room on the same floor as PJLA Theater, right? If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the, on the same floor uh, in Jaya One, and where PJLA uh, Cabaret is, it's turned into a bunch of offices, and where the stage used to be, that's where One Osteo is now. Uh, yeah, all French practitioners. Yeah. The owner is Nicholas, and the other practitioner that goes uh, is Pierre. Yeah, that sounds about right. Pierre sounds, yeah. 
Nicholas, is it Nicholas Grimaldi? Yeah, I remember they had a, a little um, European Italian sounding last name, but yeah. We say Nicholas, but it's probably Nicola or something. Yeah. Pat uh, Friend says, Andrew Kate here, I was trying hard to read something into that. <laughs> okay. Too hard. Okay. And Richard says, I used to hear so much about Jit. He was a downright legend. Only managed to see him live during his brief comeback stint, but he came across more jaded and irritable than anything. Lah. Yeah. Um, Richard, the if you watch the yeah, if you watch that last performance, it is not his best. Um yeah, and actually uh for his last few were not that good before he quit. Um he was I guess he was always very interesting. Like even when the last few, I think it was kind of awkward because uh, if I remember correctly, it was not that. Why am I why am I reviewing Jit's past few shows <laughs> like a decade later? You know, but well, we're in the topic. Let's talk about it. Uh, this doesn't help anyone, right? But uh, yeah, it was um, it was always interesting, uh, even when it wasn't the funniest. But man, when he was, when he was, basically he did a he did a Michael Jackson, um the, the few shows before his last, I think uh, there was one where he was talking about like the history of Malaysia and Singapore and uh, Temasek and and uh, what the Chris the Chris meant and the legends of the flying fish and all that. Man, that one was like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was just, he was so articulate. His English is better than anyone's I know, you know, and he's such a great storyteller and he was making it funny and at the same time, it was, um, it was true because um, he he wasn't like changing the history of anything. These are the histories that we we've heard when we were kids, right? But he was putting it in a new light, uh, which made it uh, funny and interesting. And he was putting in all these observations, like this this is bullshit, and like this is obviously. Um, um, you know, ridiculous. And he was pointing out like the parts that were ridiculous and then the things that we always took for granted when we were kids uh, that we were sold to as uh, good values. He was like debunking them. It was just some of the best comedy. It was some of, I would say some of the best uh, observational comedy I've ever seen uh, in the world. And at the same time, also, it was local, you know. So it was really something. Um, I wish those were recorded, and I don't think they were. Yeah, I really wish those were recorded. He he was really special, Jit Murat. He did the equivalent of the moonwalk, I, I would say, yeah. 
Okay, Pat friend Japonto says Moonwalk first uh, was first seen on March 25th, 1983 at Pasadena Civic Center Global Audience. Uh, Global Audience watched it for the first time on Motown's, 20, Motown's 25th anniversary. Yes, that, okay. Uh, so the, the one that you're talking about, which was two months previous to the one that I was thinking of. The one that I was thinking of was Motown's 25th anniversary show. Uh, yeah, that was that was when I thought he first performed it. But uh, so Pat Fern is correcting me. He says that two months earlier, he did do it before that on March 25th in uh, 1983 at the Pasadena Civic Center. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. That's that I'm I'm always glad that uh, Pat Fern is here to uh, check for me all the facts. Um, I think I, I don't think he needs to check. I think he actually remembers all this, so it's awesome. Uh, help for Mr. Google. Oh, okay, cool. So, so this time you didn't need uh, Mr. Google's help. Uh, Jimmy Earl says Pat Fern fun facts Chiponto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, we're back to the topic of uh, the Trump um, zombie apocalypse, right? Uh, uh, the zombie apocalypse where Trump was the Trump was the president in the movie. Trump be like, that's right, it wasn't a hoax either. Uh... <laughs> oh man. I know what you're talking about, Pat Friend. And I think maybe you and I are the only ones here. <laughs> so in the Philippines, I think there is this um I would I would say uh militant Islamic um group called the Moral Islamic Liberation Front. And they are they are um short form is MILF or MILF. Uh, I always, I always found that funny. Like, what's your group? We are the milfs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rishab says it's a fusion dish: Mexican, Indian, fajita, ladu. What were we talking about already? <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh. Oh, Brandon Gose, I just typed time by accident. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, whoops. Mexican, Indian, Ladu, Fajita. Okay. I still don't know what we're talking about. Did any, uh, Brandon says, did anyone catch last Wednesday Crack House show by any chance? Uh, no. Because, is it because I was, no, right? Because I was in Penang. Is it true? Was I in Penang? Yeah, I was in Penang. No, wait, I wasn't. I, I was back already. Ah, I don't even know what week it is, guys. Okay, I, I got to sort this out. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. Today's Sunday. I'm doing episode 23. Last week's episode was called We're Back from Penang. So the one that you're talking about last Wednesday is not the one that was 
four days ago. Are you talking about the crack house show four days ago? Or are you talking about the crack house shows 11 days ago, Brandon? Because if it's 11 days ago, uh, I can safely say that I didn't because I was in Penang performing at Garu's show. Yeah, so uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I had to like do this whole like mystery solving thing just to answer your question. But uh, I just I I could just say no because I didn't watch either either of those uh, crack house shows. Yes, so yeah, the short answer would have been no. But I had to go and do this whole math thing and uh, and. Uh, I just can't leave things alone. That's that's my problem. Pat Fern Fact Checker Jipunto, I'm helping Jimmy. Uh, ah, Richard watched it. I tuned in, but for some reason can't recall who was on the lineup. La, I keep thinking of the Friday night show. Oh, okay. You've been watching so many shows, that's why you you mixed up already, Richard. Yeah. I was in it, lol. Okay. <laughs> So what do you ask, Brandon? Why did why what what are you asking actually? Oh, you wanted to get some feedback on your performance. Uh, Pat Fern Jiponto says the very first time it was talked about on the news, the news reader actually said MILF. <laughs> After that, it was always read out at Moral Islamic Liberation Front. Uh, this remind me of uh, this one time, uh, and I'm sorry for all the people who are watching who are involved, but there was this one time, and this was so funny to me. Uh, we were on uh, the lockup. I was a guest on the lockup, and um, so it was me talking to Stephen Bones, talking to Nuha, talking to Mike Sadi, and Nu. And this was at the beginning of MCO. So we were talking about um, the WHO, right? The World Health Organization. But Nuha was shortening the World Health Organization as the WHO. So it's like, um, so um, it was. we were talking about how the WHO wasn't recognizing Taiwan or something like that. And, um, and so she was so, um, she was making a really good point. But she, she said like, why wouldn't the WHO recognize um uh the Taiwan, I think something like that. And then uh Stephen Bones was like he was playing along. He was like all serious. He had a serious face and he was like, Yeah, but Nuha, why would the Who need to recognize uh Taiwan? Because the Who is a music group, like uh it's a rock band or something. <laughs> and and I <laughs> me and Mike just burst out laughing because it was like, oh man. You set it up very nicely, <laughs> Stephen Bones. Well played, well played. Um, oh, that was about four days ago. Okay, not the one 11 days ago. Okay, anyway, I didn't watch either one. Uh, Richard says, ha ha ha, that's the thing. I remember you in it and killing, but my memories fuse it to Friday's show. Sorry, la, my wiring screwed. Yeah, that happens. You know, when you uh, go to the same shopping mall like two days in a row or talk, twice in the same week or something and then you can't remember where you parked your car because like you think it's here but it's actually not here because this is where you parked your car like the previous visit yeah i think that's what's going on uh, with richard's brain so don't brain him. Uh, so <laughs> don't brain him so don't uh, don't don't blame him what about it brendan says pat friend nah. 
<laughs> Brandon says, 11 days. Was that the day you got kicked out of Penang for making fun of your food? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the one. That was the one. I started my... I think I started my conversation with... Uh, yeah, this was before I did my set. I think like... Um, Garu was bringing me on, and then I came on, said hi to everyone, and then Garu was like, "So how how are how are you finding things here in Penang?" And I said like, "Yeah, it's been pretty good, except um, I find that uh the chakwitel is a bit better in KL." And then uh, Garu like, you know, went all ape shit, uh, which was uh, <laughs> which was what I, what I planned. I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna yes end this this piece of comedy that I, that I start," and he was great, you know he. That's that's what you want in comedy, like somebody reacting to something you say rather than like saying like, uh, no, I don't know what to do with this, or uh, no, that's not funny, or um, you know, or uh, I don't understand. I I mean, I don't understand is is okay if he really doesn't understand, because like, um, what are you gonna do if you don't understand a single word, right? Um, but yeah, usually you want someone to kind of build on the the thing that you started. So it, it felt a bit like improv. I, I started <laughs> I started something and then he, he went along with it. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a great show. Uh <laughs> yeah, the who was in the wrong band. Yeah, you 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 saw it coming, right? When I was uh, when I was telling the story. Yes. <laughs> um Brendan Go says I never get invited to Friday and Saturday show along. Uh, very soon, Brandon. Uh, just keep working at it. Um, oh, the same shopping mall two days in a row, lol. I just did that today. <laughs> okay. So it's 10, 27. I, I can't believe I like do two items or three items. And then, uh, <laughs> we've just been, we've just been chatting this whole time. I remember that moment. It was gold. Damn, man. The irony is Nuha was basically saying, who is telling Taiwan? Who are you? Who? 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 <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I think Stephen Bones is not watching this anymore. What day is today? Today is Sunday, right? There are no live streams. Yeah, but uh, he's probably gone back to editing or something. He's super busy, that guy. I'm going to try and get him on my show. Angie. Hi, Angie. Angie's here. Party can start. Whoa, what was that? I just heard a door slam or something. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Should I go check? Okay, just give me half a second. I'll be back. I just need to peep my head out the door and uh, and make sure everyone's okay. Yeah, I think everything's all right. I can still see, I can still hear people uh, moving about, so I think no one's injured. Uh, <laughs> Seeming just got another complaint. What about? Uh, <laughs> what, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Was it about the the who? No, then that wasn't that wasn't it. Uh, 
man. I don't know. <laughs> I say so much shit. I don't. I I will just deal with it as it comes along, right? I I can't really plan ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Richard says I I was gonna come back with a freaky mask on or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that would be good that would, be, would have been a good one yeah okay what, am, what else am i gonna talk about today hanging out with the mums yeah on that um so yeah i, I was saying like um people are scaring me <laughs> my, my friend my friend uh, basically my friend sharina she doesn't mind i i guess like a yeah, she was scaring me with this story, and it's kind of working. I'm I'm kind of scared now, and uh, maybe I should get my ankle checked out um, because it has been almost two weeks, and uh, I think I was thinking two weeks would be enough for it to basically recover full m- mobility, but it still feels a bit creaky. Not creaky, like it's not making any noise, but it's like very stiff towards the end of my stride, and I don't like that. And especially coming down the stairs, um. That part hasn't really improved that much. Uh, yeah, so I feel like I should go check, get get it checked out in case it's still a bit twisted in there. Yeah, so that's that one. But um, on that same day when we were hanging out um, and what, uh, waiting for the kids, uh, Taman Tugu, um, there's this kid, uh, I'm not going to name names because, you know, they're all kids. Um, but there's this very sweet kid uh, he plays Minecraft with uh, Max and uh, they're, they're friends. They've been friends since before that. And um, uh, he, he's he's a very nice kid, very sweet. And uh, But he was kind of shy and didn't like... Like when he's playing, he's fine. But then when it, there's activities, like that day there's the activity, he didn't want to join in and... Uh, so it's kind of like we would, he would just sit from afar and watch the other kids. He didn't want to join in with the kids. He was just sitting and watching. But the the lady who was kind of conducting the activity was really good with kids. So she also kind of realized like what was going on. So she kind of left him alone. And then later after she's done presenting to these kids what they needed to do, she kind of came over with a flower pot and they were going to plant some plants or something. And and so I could see from afar because I was sitting with his mom and we were watching and then we were chatting. Uh, but at the same time, we were kind of like turning to watch what was going on at the same time. So every now and then we would see what's going on and, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, don't look now, but like um, I think he's getting a bit involved. And you could see he was, he was putting his hand into the flower pot and mixing up the soil and doing whatever activity she kind of, you know, asked him if he wanted to join and just do a little bit. And he was get starting to get a bit more involved, but he looked over to where we were, to where his mom was, and he saw her looking, and immediately he retracted his hand out of the flower pot and pretend he wasn't doing anything. And I saw him doing that a few times, and then he was like, I'm like, I saw it and she saw it. And then I was telling my friend, like, um, okay, don't don't look, don't look. I think this is not working if you look. 
So she wasn't looking, and then I wasn't looking, and then every now and then I would look, but I would tell her not to look. I would look for her, and it was funny. She he would be like, "Okay, he really wants to do this now. This seems interesting. He wants to do it, but then he doesn't want his mom to see him doing it because I think he already told her he wasn't doing it." And this was really interesting because it brought back memories of me when I was a kid. Because I remember, um, when I was very young, I guess I had this. I was old enough to remember, so I couldn't have been that young. So maybe I don't know, like six or seven. I used to eat with a, you know, we all eat with a fork and spoon, right? Uh, so we would scoop the rice into the spoon with a fork, right? And I think my brother, sisters, because I was the youngest, so my and my brother and sister are way older than me, and even my closest uh, sister in age to me is also three years older than me, and in maturity, like fifteen years older than me, you know, because <laughs> she was super mature. Um, so everybody was telling me, just hold a fork like this, hold a spoon like this. What's wrong with you? Just do it like that, and then I. I couldn't do it, or I didn't want to do it. I don't even remember. I remember I couldn't do it, and it was a big deal. And basically, everybody just gave up on me. And uh, I think my mom told them to just leave me alone because they don't don't want to have some drama. And and then one day I figured it out. I was like, oh, okay, this is a lot easier. Just push it, push the rice into the spoon with the fork, right? Instead of chasing the rice all over the plate. Um, so I figured it out, and I'm like, okay, this is working a lot better. But then I didn't want them to know that I know now, because I didn't. In my mind, I was worried about maybe it would be a drama, or maybe they would tease me about it. It's like, oh, finally you figured it out, or whatever. I didn't. I couldn't uh, imagine what was going to happen, but I wasn't ready for it. And because I wasn't ready for it, I just pretended I was still eating with one hand. Yeah, so watching that boy did that, you know, retracting his hand out of the flower pot every time his he saw that his mom was looking, uh, was very funny to me, and uh, it it reminded me of myself, and uh, yeah, but that boy is really sweet. Um, late because I've spoken to him before, so he's friendly with me, and I've played Minecraft with him before. He and my son are like super good at Minecraft, and um. And sometimes I would go in there and I build things, and uh, I only know how to build things. They know how to like parkour over trees and under trees, and like just get across the map really quick. One time they were going on an adventure, and they asked me to come along, and I think they regretted because I was so slow. I was getting hung up everywhere, and then they would have to come back and build a bridge for me to walk across the treetops. Um, yeah, I was just slowing them down basically, and. Uh, yeah, after that, I think like uh, they just figured out like ah, it's better to leave me behind and to build things at uh, at our base. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so I, I knew this kid. So later, um, I went over and sat next to him, and he he was eating cookies, and just naturally he would offer me a cookie because that's just the way he is. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know why I told you guys that, except uh, I would, I didn't have an ending to that story, except I I thought it was interesting to me. 
and I thought I could make it interesting <laughs> and give it an ending, but uh, that's that's no real ending except I I think basically, yeah, I think it's it's not easy um, for his parents to kind of deal with like trying to get him to come out of his shell a little bit, but um, I also kind of identify with him because I used to be like that, right? I, I wasn't someone who naturally made friends, I guess. Uh, but um, I I was always happy with a few friends. And I think this boy is the same as well. He's got a few friends that he's close to. Um, but whenever there's a big group, he feels a bit like tense. Yeah. I don't know if it's social anxiety or something else. Or there's some other name to it. I don't know. Okay, what else am I going to talk about today? How long has it been? It's only been an hour and 38 minutes, so uh, I don't think Jimmy's going to let me end this, <laughs> this stream, this podcast right now. Uh, I've been finding it hard to get myself to ask people to come on the show. Because I've been feeling a bit of imposter syndrome, and uh, it could be—I could be telling you guys this, trying to fish for some uh, encouragement, <laughs> but uh, I really do need it um, because I, I do feel a little bit sometimes like uh, I do feel like uh, well, the people uh, who I want to talk to more than once—I've already talked to more than once—the people who I feel like I wanted to I always wanted to talk to them I've already talked to them once and then I feel like should I be asking people uh you know like Harith or Pete Johansson or Paul Ogata to come on again it feels like they've already done it you know uh I don't know I I feel a bit like yeah the the imposter syndrome the feeling is real um, I feel like if I ask them, it's kind of like I'm asking them for a favor and they've already given me a favor. Like, why do I ask people for a favor twice? You know, it seems a bit rude. Uh, I do feel that a little bit. So unless, unless this, you know, I have a, this huge platform that could help them to sell whatever they're they need to sell. Like at that time, uh, Pete was uh, coming up with a new album. So timing was perfect. Um, but I don't, I just have this little podcast and this little live stream, right? So, uh, I'm not really offering them anything much. Yeah. So, yeah, in a way they, they would be doing me a favor, right? Uh, but at the same time, if they really have nothing to do and they're just stuck at home with no one to talk to, then, uh, maybe it's a win-win. I don't know. I should just ask, right? It's not asking is not really such a dick move, right? Yeah. But I have been feeling a little bit uh I, it has been feeling a bit harder to get myself to do the guest list. It's like something that I have to do every week where I just like, okay, running out of guests now, time to uh ask more people to come on the show. And uh I've been looking less and less forward to doing that. And nowadays, I just... Um, 
I just do it on the day itself, which is not the best way of doing it. I just like, oh, no, no guests today. Uh, let's start asking people. Used to be it's like, okay, you know, it's the weekend. Start filling up the week, you know, filling up the schedule. Uh, yeah, I, I, gotta, I got to figure this thing out. At the same time, I have to say, I don't know how long I can keep this. Uh, I've had this this podcast. This is episode 23 of this podcast. I'm pretty proud of that. I think I can keep this going once a week, right? The live stream, daily live stream, finding someone to talk to every day. Uh, I don't like I've done a hundred over episodes and I have to say hundred uh episode hundred was Chiho and I feel like that was a long time ago and I'm not even at hundred uh episode hundred and ten yet. I've Chiho I probably talked to like three weeks ago. So that means for the past three weeks I didn't even get in ten episodes. It's it's been slowing down, I guess. And that was the, the Penang trip. Um yeah, but I, I do feel like I'm losing steam a little bit. So uh, I'm going to keep it going, but I cannot really promise how long I can keep it going. Uh, so not a threat, just um, a heads up for everyone. If uh, if I really run out of steam and no one wants to come on my show and everybody's just sick of talking to me, uh, just a little bit heads up for everyone that, um, you know, uh, maybe the stream can't keep going forever and... Uh, or unless I can figure out something else to do that's a new format. Otherwise, it's just you're going to see me only once a week or twice a week. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's been what I've been feeling. Just a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome, which for other people, it would drive them forward. And it's like, I'm going to improve this until it is, um, you know, prime time quality. And I should have that attitude. Uh but right now it's feeling a bit hard, yeah. Uh, I think I, okay, there's something else that I wrote here in my notes, which is, I think I just have to not play StarCraft 2 so much. And I think you guys are all going to agree. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, you know, how I got into it was also kind of strange because, okay, first thing is my son is into it. Um, one of his friends introduced him to StarCraft 2 and then he got into it and I was like, oh, okay, this is a father's and son thing we, we can do. You know, finally he's caught up to me and we can do something that's not, you know, Nickelodeon level. Um, yeah, it, it, it was exciting in that way. And then the other thing was also, I know how to live stream now. I And then I'm interested in live streaming. I've been watching all the YouTube videos on how to live stream, how to... Um, make the best use of everything, how to OBS, how to set up OBS, or what is Twitch. I have learned all these things now. So it's like just a little extra step if I were to um, game and set up a game stream. So I did do that. I did figure out how to do it. And uh, I have all the cables I need as well, uh, which I've collected over the past couple of months. <laughs> I kept buying like uh, this cable. I think we'll get it done. And then I'm like, okay, this this is a lot of noise. Okay, what if I uh, have it come out of the monitor cables? And then uh, I got that one. And yeah, just just nonstop experimenting the past few months on how to set up two computers, one computer to stream another computer on OBS. And uh, 
In fact, I think tomorrow what I might do is... Ah, Brandon, if you are still listening, this will be good for you. Tomorrow, what I might do is I might also come on and chat with everyone. But at the same time, I will also set up another stream. So one stream is... uh, one stream is on StreamYard, streaming to Facebook or, or one of my Facebook pages, maybe my podcast page, this one right here. And then the other stream would be from OBS, also streaming to one of my Facebook pages, uh, maybe Simtom Comedy. And then I can use that one, the, the one streaming out of OBS, to capture this screen so you guys can see my whole StreamYard all the buttons, everything, and I can show you how to use StreamYard. So uh, I think, Brandon, if you are thinking of like, um, yeah, how this whole thing works, uh, I can show you, you know. So tomorrow, there'll be a little bit of a how-to, but at the same time, we can have a chat, you know, we can still have a chat. Uh, so that's the idea I'm toying with for tomorrow. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh uh, I was talking to Tuck the other day um, because I think um, I, I think he didn't want to talk on stream. Uh, so we talked offline and I mean, we, we just exchanged messages and we were talking about gaming. And Tuck is also gaming a lot right now because he's just trying to escape his reality a little bit. And uh, And I understand that, you know, that's what games are really all about, you know, escaping. And also he was saying like gaming always has this, um, gaming always has this thing where it's like, it draws you back in, especially modern games, right? Uh, handphone games and things like that. They always have this daily quest and these notifications that say like, hey, it's time to do your daily quest, you know? Um, and if you do the daily quest, you get something, you know, like, um, I think they have it in Pokemon Go. They have it in uh, Clash of Clans. Uh, they have it in Hearthstone. They have it in uh, Pokemon TCG. Um, yeah, basically every game has something where come and play our game today and uh, play it in such a certain way for today and then you uh you get something bonus you know you get something for free and who doesn't love free stuff everybody loves free stuff right normally you have to pay to get in-game stuff but if you just come in and play for a little bit you get something for free so who doesn't love that right so that draws you in and um and it's really addictive that way games are really addictive because uh they have this uh, like they figured out a new way of making it even more addictive than before which is all this daily quest. And yeah, so we were talking about how if we um, if we just had that for life, we'd be so good at life, right? <laughs> we just had daily quests for life. And I was thinking like, why not, right? You want to just reward yourself, you know? Um, just write a new, like let's say for comedy, just write a new joke a day and give yourself 50 gold coins, imaginary stuff, like just game um, or maybe someone should write an app for it, right? Just write an app for comedians where it's like Pokemon Go, but for comedy, right? And then we would all be, 
we would we would all have like our our hour already if we just had daily quests like write a joke today you get 50 gold coins uh keep it up for seven days in a row you get a bonus 100 gold coins at the end of the week you collect uh 8000 gold coins and then you get to level up now you're no longer an open micer now you're a, your um, feature act and then um, keep doing it you level up again now you are the headliner you know <laughs> level up again you have your you have your special you know yeah why not right someone should come up with an app somebody do that and i will buy your app <laughs> an app for comedy an app for career an app for life an app for uh just gamify your life, basically. That's that's the word that they use, gamify your life. Um, which is another word that we hear a lot as parents, I think. Just gamify this. And then it's like we're gamifying this um, learning experience or we're gamif gamifying the whole coding experience or something like that, right? And then your kid's like, oh, you know, your, your kids can learn how to code, but you're tricking them because you're making it a game. Um, but... My son did say that he prefers not, like he prefers things not to be gamified because if he thinks of it as work, he'll just do the work. It's just like, ah, okay, this is boring. I'm going to do it. But if it's disguised as a game, he'll be like, yeah, this game is stupid because it's not as good as Minecraft, you know, it's not as good as Fortnite. So, you know, that's that's the problem with gamifying everything is like you but you gotta make it super good because you're gonna be competing with all these real games you know yeah so okay let's take a look at uh am i done talking about this topic by the way yeah i think i am <laughs> okay um let's look at uh comments again uh <laughs> it's gonna come real quick uh, uh, okay, Richard says, A, it's not entirely a one-way favor, bro. I'm very sure most of your guests have gained from being on your show too, be it plucks more fans, exposure to a different region, etc. Yeah, it could be true. I mean, even if you get two more fans or one more fan, it is still something, right? Yeah, it could be true. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Plus, considering how 2020 has gone, you're also giving your guests an opportunity to express anything they may have pent up. Yeah, I think that's more. That's uh, that's probably um, more the thing. More uh, this this is probably more of a. Uh, I mean, the other thing is probably true as well, but this one is definitely I feel is very real. Yeah, is that like when I was talking to Paul, he was like. I think he was saying it because he, he was just being nice, but he was really like, well, what else am I going to do? I'm like, is this hour really late for you? It's like, time has no meaning. You know, I'm just stuck at home with no one to talk to. You know, it's just me and my wife. And I'm like, oh, okay, since you put it that way. <laughs> so I was really glad that he, he I guess he was being nice. He's a nice guy. Um, I'm sure the gang of seven wouldn't mind accompanying you on your shows. Yeah. Um, is it the Magnificent Seven? Is that what you're talking about, Patfern? Uh, the Magnificent Seven 
which is the the group of comedians doing a show in uh, Crack House, if that's what you're talking about. I've talked to all of them uh, on my show, I think. Have I? Oh, I, I think I haven't talked to Hindra and Riesman. Riesman, because his internet uh, is very slow, uh, and it's it's very hard for him. He he himself said he didn't want to come on because his internet is very slow. Um, yeah, because he says his sister is just using all all the internet to watch uh, Netflix all the time. Yeah, his sisters. Um, and Hindra, I think I've I've asked him, but most days he's busy because he's just, uh, I think when I asked him, he was busy with his, um, the Nasi Birani business. Yeah, so I think he's busy delivering a lot. So I can ask him again, but I'll see if he's free. Yeah, but if he's not, then yeah, no. I mean, no hard feelings, lah. just I understand. Uh, OBS. OBS is uh, Open Broadcast System. It is it's called OBS Studio. Um, and it is uh, open source software you can download and put into your computer and you can use it to stream whatever is yours on yours. Okay, you can stream whatever is on your window or on your computer or on your camera. And you can arrange them all into a screen on OBS and stream that screen onto Facebook Live or Twitch or uh, YouTube or any of those places. So yeah, OBS is something that you can use to stream or to record your screen. And uh, yeah, uh, but... StreamYard is much easier to use. So what I was talking about, Brandon, is I would use OBS to show you StreamYard. Yeah. So, I mean, OBS is a bit harder to learn, but you can learn it as well. In fact, I can teach you next day how to use OBS if I have OBS on this computer and then stream this whole OBS onto another uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ken, Ken, Ken. Awesome. Uh, Pat Francais, same, just to let you know, Lewis followed my strategy to the T and he has found the Spanish GP. <laughs> I told you, Pat Fern, that that is a foolproof strategy. Just, um, what was it? Just get out there, get in front, and <laughs> what was it? Uh, stay the fuck in front, right? Was that the, was that the strategy? Yeah, I love it. Um, speaking of Tuck, he owe me something. I wonder where his girlfriend buys dashi. Uh, okay. Uh, I will ask him for you. If I remember. But I, uh, remind me, I'll ask him for you. Uh, where Siming buy dashi? Does she cook Japanese food? I don't know what dashi is, actually. Uh, there was an Octonauts character called dashi. Yeah. I don't actually know what dashi is yeah. Uh, but I will, uh, I can ask her, but I don't think she knows what dashi is also. 
I don't know if, okay, Pat Friend says, I don't know if anyone can answer this. In October 2013 at the club of the roof of Lop 10, I saw a comedian, a Chinese guy, who told a funny story about driving on the north-south highway and they came to the toll booth and the joke was about a touch-and-go card not having enough value in it. Who was that guy? I think I know who that is. Uh, uh, okay, 2013, right? Okay, um, if it's a Chinese comedian and he was a very good comedian, uh, like one of the established ones, I would say it would have to be, I guess you know the main ones like Chi Ho, Jen Han, uh, Jason Leong, Dr. Jason Leong, um, and Douglas, all those you know. Lah. So it's not one of those guys. Um, there was one open micer and comedian who was really into it at that time by the name of David Chen. And I think he did have a touch and go card joke if I remember correctly. David Chen, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, it wasn't Jason, yeah, okay. Um, talking about your gang of seven, Andrew and G, Jimmy, Rich. Oh, okay, the, the inner circle, <laughs> yes. <laughs> talking about your gang of seven, Andrew, Angie, Rich, uh, Jimmy, Richard, Bing, me, can't remember the seven. Uh, who would it be? Was it Brandon? I don't remember. There, there's a lot. Like, if we include Brandon, we have to include like Shark, um, Fiona, who unfortunately is not free at night. Um, uh, Eileen Go watches quite often, although she doesn't really join in in the comments so much. She just says hi. Uh, yeah. OBS outward bound Singapore. Yeah. Oh, dashi is the radish thing. Oh, is it the which is the radish? Huh? Is the purple thing? Forgot. I don't even remember. Brandon says, Japanese soup stock made of bonito and kombu brings amazing umami flavors. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, Siming doesn't really cook Japanese, so I don't think she uses it. Cool. Okay, I might be winding this up because it's been two hours, and uh, let's see if I've talked about everything I set out to talk about. Uh, yeah, I think I have, <laughs> I, uh, let's see, what else, what else am I going to talk about? Zombie apocalypse, you need rules, letter, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to start that thing about writing letters, right, and I don't know, I, I'm still going to do it, but I have found that I haven't really had the time. And that I know that's an excuse because I have so much time, right? I just got to take an hour off every day and just get it done. I guess a lot of the times, this is the truth about me. A lot of the times when I say I don't have time, or I didn't have time to do something, it's just because I was afraid to do it. Or I didn't want to do it. 
that's that's the truth so yeah i should get around to doing it i just it's just you ever feel overwhelmed because something is important to you i almost have to trick myself into starting things basically if i if i think something is important and this could be a career or this could be like a, a really big thing and this could really blow up you know uh i tend to put it off and i'm afraid to start uh whereas if i'm just like ah this thing you know it could be nothing you know i'm just going to try it once and see where uh, see what happens and then uh and then i'm going to say at least i got it I, at least i tried once you know i think that's how i started stand up comedy and that's how i've been able to kind of keep it afloat if i went in thinking like oh this is going to be my new career it's a lot of pressure i have this one friend who used to come to the open mics and uh, we became friends um he puts a lot of pressure on himself and um this one time we were going to an open mic together and he didn't show up and i guess something happened that day and then another time we were going to an open mic and something else happened and then the third time i kind of realized like actually he doesn't want to go to the open mic anymore you know he's he's afraid you know it's just he put so much pressure on himself and he's afraid that if he doesn't do well tonight it could mean like a it could mean like a something bigger like could mean that this isn't meant to be and that would be heartbreaking whereas for someone who's just like um like i have this other friend who just he's not really thinking of like oh this is going to be his career it's just something that he does every wednesday yeah it's a lot easier and that guy actually gets a lot more done and he uh just yeah he just writes jokes when he can he's pretty hard working uh open micer So sometimes maybe pressure is not a good thing for some people. Or maybe for a lot of us. Yeah. So, sorry, that got a bit pensive. I didn't mean to do that. Uh so yeah, I should get back to writing letters uh like I planned to do like almost a month ago, right? Uh and I haven't done it. Oh yeah, I wanted to say something else about the the imposter syndrome thing. I've been thinking like Mm. I did feel like I've talked to everyone I wanted to talk to or like um I've already covered everything there is to say about the covid situation and about um performers uh in the covid situation or there's nothing really new to explore. And then I have to say the other day I was watching uh Jimmy if you're listening. Uh I was watching Jimmy Earl talk to his friend Dustin Wood and that was a very inspiring um it was Dustin Wood was a very inspiring guy and uh it was a very good conversation and um yeah now I, I want to talk to Dustin Wood you know uh and I want to have Jimmy back on as well so I I think Maybe this is my last week at nine o'clock, and then for a while I'm gonna switch back to the afternoon for at least for one week, and then see how we go from there. Because uh, I do want to talk to some Californians or some uh, Americans. Yeah, uh, maybe ask Paul again. I don't know. See what he's been to. 
yeah, see how we go with that, right? But I, I do feel a little bit like when I saw that, I feel like, what am I complaining about? This guy is living on the edge the whole time. He's got this condition. Uh, then the other, the other part kicked in. The other part of my brain kicked in and said like, he just spoke to Jimmy. You're going to ask him all the same questions again. He's going to have to go through talking about exactly the same thing again. Like just like two days after he said everything to Jimmy, he's going to have to repeat it to you. That's, you know, nobody wants to do that. So I'm like, okay, let's have a compromise. Let a week go by and then I ask him. Maybe, maybe, maybe then it wouldn't feel so repetitious for him. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to talk to him. Yeah. Because I... Yeah, I'll I'll tell you guys when I talk to him, and then uh, and then we we will talk a bit more about that. And I don't want to go into it too much right now, but he is very inspiring. Um, he's got a condition that he's dealing with, um, and it reminds me of uh, this idea. Like I think Paul, is it Paul Coelho, who had the book uh, called. Something Veronica, Veronica's dying or Veronica's last days or something like that. And it's about a girl who thinks she's dying and um, she's trying to live her best life, something like that. I never read the book, but I read the synopsis <laughs> and I love the idea. Um, yeah, and that's that's the whole basis of that whole, um, I think there is a meme floating around, right? There's this saying like... Um, Live your life like it's your last, I don't know, month or day or year or whatever. And I kind of like that idea, you know. I mean, don't don't drive recklessly. Don't don't live. Don't really yolo it like this is your last day. And you know, tomorrow, find that you have blown all your money and you you still got like years to live. That's not good. But basically. Yeah, make your days count, I guess. Uh, uh, I, I like that idea. So, yeah, maybe I shouldn't, like, just keep coasting, you know, just um, doing all these leisure activities, like playing StarCraft 2. <laughs> maybe just, you know, make something that lasts. Yeah. So I, I think, I, I think that that's going to... That's going to be good. If I think about that, I, I'll definitely go back to writing those letters that I mean to write. Letters I want to write, uh, what are they called? Letters I don't want to regret not writing. Letters I want to write before I die, basically. And uh, yeah, this Tuesday. Okay, so the plan for this week is I'm going to go. It's the usual plan, except tomorrow I'm going to probably try something a little bit weird. So just bear with me tomorrow. I'm going to do the how-to video on Streamix. Uh, Streamix. Why did I say Streamix? Uh, the how-to video on StreamYard, uh, how to use StreamYard, show all the buttons and everything. But at the same time, it's going to be... I'm going to show how to do the StreamYard, but at the same time, I'm going to have be having a conversation, right? So uh, it's going to be 
a bit here and there. It's going to look like I'm trying to talk to two different audiences. So I'm going to ask you guys to bear with me. I haven't really figured out whether the StreamYard screen, which is right in front of me, is going to be the one where I chat with you guys as normal uh, or whether the how-to one is going to be the one where I talk to the people on how to do the thing, but at the same time also uh, chat with the regular audience on that camera as well, because it is kind of off to the side. I have to have I have to look over here. That's where I'm looking at the camera right now. In fact, um, yeah, and this is the other camera. Um, if you notice, the colors are a little bit different today because I'm using the other camera. Uh, both are my wife's cameras. This is the point and shoot, and the regular one is the uh, mirrorless um, with a bigger lens, the interchangeable lens. Uh, I find that I like the colors a little better on the point and shoot. I don't know why. It seems to work a little bit better with this uh, cheapo video card that I have. Yeah, it looks a lot more natural. On the other one, I look super orange. I don't know what, what it is. Uh, this one looks a lot more natural, I think. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. Maybe it's the combination of the cheap graphics card and this camera. It works well. Um, so that's for tomorrow. I'm going to do that how-to thing and the regular chat a little bit. Tuesday is back to stand-up comedy as usual. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very special lineup and uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, okay, are we still talking about Japanese food here? Purple is taro. Taro, okay. What is Taro? Taro, I, I thought Taro is a guy's name. Like the first, the first son usually is called Taro, right? Oh, Biang, Singaporeans. Just invite people back for the second time if you think you can learn or share something new. What's the worst that could happen? They can only say, no, it's not like it's the end of the world. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right, Angie. I should just ask, and then if they say no, it's it's okay. And if they say yes, and then they come on, and then they find it boring, then we try it, right? Yeah. Just everything that fails is a learning experience. Yeah. Make another offspring. <laughs> yeah, I think our offspring making days are over. Pat uh, Fern says, I saw make another offering. Love. <laughs> Okay. I didn't adjust the white balance on the other camera. Hmm. Hmm. I think I had both on auto white balance though. So I, as far as I know, the settings are the same on both cameras. They're both on vivid mode and they are both on... Hmm. Okay, I'll have to look at the white balance on the camera. Maybe it is on tungsten white balance or something, right? As far as I know, it was... Hmm. Okay, I'll have to look at it. I'll have to look at it. Oh, Taro is yam. Okay. Uh, Angie says, you're sort of right, Lassim has to make another offering to Siming to get another offspring. <laughs> Oh man, imagine if this is, imagine if the offering you made to your wife to get an offspring is the same offering <laughs> and you made that same offering uh, 
<laughs> it's so wrong. You made the same offering at the altar. There's juice all over the altar. That's not a, that's not a, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry for that visual. I didn't mean to put that in your head. Um, Guys, been talking for over two hours now and uh, even Jimmy's gone off already, I think. Wow, cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for this one, guys. I'm going to end it here and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Kind of excited. First time streaming a stream. In fact, what that was what I wanted to do uh, when I was on the I Love KL show last month. Uh, I wanted to be in the show, but also show you guys like behind, like what I'm seeing on the show. Because uh, I was like, the audience was watching from uh, YouTube or Facebook, right? I was watching from StreamYard, so it is a little bit different, although it's kind of the same. Um, but I wanted to kind of have the two cameras set up, but I didn't have, I couldn't get the audio to to work properly because I was missing one cable. And uh, and now I can, you know, I figured out how to do it because there's a little glitch in my audio interface that allows me to do it. That's the only reason, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll see you guys tomorrow. What else is happening? I keep seeing comments coming in. Uh, to get another offspring, you have to make the same offering as you did for the first offspring. Yeah, I think that's the that's the kind of offering Angie is meaning. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, uh, keep it clean. Keep it clean. Ah <laughs> oh, man. I I want to get Stephen Bones on my show. What do I need to do to get Stephen Bones on my show? Um, I mean, uh, to come on for a chat. Uh, yeah, I think he's agreed to do it. We just have to figure out. We just have to agree on a day. And I know he's very busy, so I I gotta find a day when he's not busy. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get that guy on here. To have another chat because I haven't spoken to him in months, and I think it's time we kind of compare notes and I can learn from him again, pick his brain a little bit. Uh, yeah, see if I can do that this week, right? Sometime this week would be good. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And then uh, I haven't spoken to Andrew Kidd yet, right? So uh, let's do another round with Andrew Kidd, maybe, and uh, everybody, you know. Pat Fern, Richard, Angie, um, Bing, if if it's free. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, so Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday is back to regular programming. And then, uh, as I said, maybe the week after that, uh, switch to afternoon timing for a few days and see. Yeah. Uh, who else do I want to talk to? Uh, Shark recommended me to ask Linda Marcus Smith, who is uh, in her 60s, but she's um, a Las Vegas comedian. And I did watch her and, on Jimmy's show, and she was very funny. Um, and also my uh, other uh, elderly lady comedian friend, Lynn Ruth Miller, I don't know if you guys watched the very early episode when it was her, me, Prakash, and Nat talking. Nat's internet was horrible. Um, but 
um, basically it was her, me and Prakash um, having a chat. She's very sweet and uh, very funny. So um, I want to I wanna check in on her because uh, she is an old lady who's stuck in old people uh, stay at home order in the UK, in London, basically, I think. And uh, yeah, let's see how she's doing, right? She's actually looking forward to coming to Malaysia next year. Uh, she's very excited about it because someone did hire her to do a job here. And um, yeah, uh, I hope that happens because I want to. I want to. I want to meet her again. Yeah. Uh, but before that, I'll talk to her on my stream and uh, have a have a nice chat with her. Hmm. What else? What else? What else? What else do I need? Mm, who else do? Who else should I talk to? That's uh, that's a better question. Who else should I talk to? Anybody got any ideas? Who else should I should ask on the show? Uh, yeah, maybe it's time to ask all the big guns again, like just the second time, right? Uh, Harith and Rizal. Rizal's been on twice, so it'd be a third time for him. Um, although he, I think he feels like this show is a waste of time. I, I do get that feeling. Like, um, he's like, Sim, what are you doing? You're just talking? This is not content. <laughs> I do get that feeling from him a little bit. Uh, what else should I ask? Chiho's been on twice. Jen Han's been on twice. Pete Johansson, if he's not busy with school, because he's doing his PhD, I think. Uh, Ron Jossel again. Oh, Ron is so fun. Uh, Paul Ogata. Yeah, that's, that's, it's been a long time. Maybe it's time for Paul Ogata again. Maybe he has more stories to share. I like talking to people like Paul and Ron because like they're just full of stories. They're just like they have a thousand stories and then every topic you go to, they'll pick one out that's matching that topic, you know. It's those those are the best. Um and and with those guys, it's like um yeah, those two guys, their stories are just full of funny bits in the stories yeah um paul vivek maybe yeah vivek would be a fun guy to talk to okay what else is going on angie exactly so you see you still have so many guests yeah maybe self Replicating against him. Yeah, that's that's basically me, man. That's my whole uh, shtick. This it's just me being in my head and then finding something funny in there and then uh, making that the content uh, and then having to come out of my head so that I can actually function properly and like tell the story. Arith and Rizal sounds cool. They could talk about how their hybrid shows have been going. Yeah. Um, but it's Harith on one episode and Rizal on one episode. And you know why, right? Yeah. Um, 
get them both on together. That's never going to happen, man. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's a long it's a long story, but basically, you can't get Harith and Riza on the same show. Uh, oh, thanks, Angie. I'm a humble guy. I, I think, yeah, I I have to admit I'm very humble, <laughs> and that's the least humble thing to say. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, that's it. I'm gonna say bye. So I'm gonna say bye to the podcast listeners. So how do I say that? All right, guys. Uh, that's it for this episode. I'll see you guys next episode on the beauty of ugly next week. Bye.